When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Folks, and welcome to Ye to Z Esports Big Orange Podcast. I'm Charlie Burse here, as always, with my co-host and A to Z Esports Tennessee writer Zach Reagan. Wherever you listen throughout the world, we thank you so much for listening to us. Zach and I talk everything balls every week here on the Big Orange Podcast. If that sounds good to you, make sure that you go over and subscribe to the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed on iTunes and Spotify. All the new episodes drop there every single Monday at 7 a.m. And you won't miss a thing if you subscribe. Uh, you can follow us on social media at Charlie underscore Burris at Zach TNT at A to Z Sports on Twitter and Instagram. Then Facebook.com slash A to Z Sports Nashville and A to Z Sports Nashville.com for everything that Zach writes. Zach, college football happened last Night, it made my week. It frankly, frankly, it made my year. It it was a real kind of return to normalcy, uh, in in some sense. It was so nice to see. Sure, it was FCS and whatever, but it was on ESPN and it was college football, and I loved it. Did you happen to see uh, the old Austin P. Governors take a hard loss last night? Yeah, I flipped it on just because, hey, it's college football. Like you said, that's, that's why we're here talking about you know, sports here on this podcast is college football. So I flipped it on, and it was nice because that's not a game where you kind of expect to hear the crowd kind of loud, that normal SEC-type atmosphere. You kind of expect what you got last night, kind of a little on the quieter end, almost like watching a high school game. So it lived up to expectations. It wasn't that weird to me. Um, but yeah, it felt normal and kind of gave really, me some hope for the next few weeks. It really did. And it was, that was the biggest factor is that I went, all right, these guys can do it. The SEC can surely do it. I mean, come on. Uh, it was pretty funny last night. I mean, we had a conver- conversation on this podcast about this topic, but it was funny to see. Some of the guys last night uh, that are in sports media that had been part of the uh, we just can't have football. <laughs> oh, we can't do it. It's just it's not going to happen. The guys of that brigade having to kind of just be like, well, college football's happening. It's here we are. Yeah. And just them getting mercilessly roasted. Um, I mean, yeah, I, the I Pat tr- Fords and Dan Watkins, oh you know who they are. They, yeah, they got blasted from all sides. Um, and it was funny to watch. I mean, I, like, I, I've just tried not to stake my claim on any of that. You know, you got your Clay Travis's out there that are like, we're going to have college football back with full stadiums and it's going to be the best. And then you got, yeah, Dan Wolken out there that's like, I have to 
I, you know, when I'm in my car alone, I have to wear a mask. And if you speak to me, you better be 15 feet away and we'll never play college football. Like it's, uh, it's, it's, I, I've tried to stay in the middle and just kind of be like, it's going to blow. If it doesn't happen, I will be extremely happy if it does happen. Let's follow the science. And then ultimately whatever happens, happens. I mean, there's nothing you can do about it either way. I'm not exactly, exactly. I'm not going to say like college football is definitely going to happen. Frankly, I didn't think the big 10 would cancel. And here we are. So, uh, you know, I'm not calling my shot on anything from here on out because there's just no way. (laughs) No way. Cause this just every, every part about this, uh, you know, you has, has been flipped on its head. At different times, just, uh, you know, no, no mask, mask, the, you know, the whatever, whatever else it was that's at the very beginning, we thought it was one thing. Now it's another, like, I, I'm not saying anything's going to happen. I'm not saying anything's not going to happen. I'm just happy college football happened. Yes. And I didn't watch a ton of the game last night. I flipped over there and watched some of it kind of in and out. What did you think of? the way the procedures for like the sidelines, the way they're interacting with each other, the coaching staff, because I didn't really notice anything too out of the ordinary. Was there anything that you noticed that was different than usual? I want to be completely honest about this. And this is not going to be the PC answer for sure. It's all theater. When I, when I look at it realistically, I mean, yeah, you had the players when they got on the sidelines, they throw that, the little neck gator up. You had the coaches wearing their masks and stuff. But at the same time, I mean, I saw, I, I was watching it with my wife and we, it, there was just one, one timeout late in the game when it was getting real intense. There was a timeout and ESPN showed the, was it Arkansas central? The, the coach, he brought his players over and took down the mask to yell at them. <laughs> and I was like, Make sure you hear these words. What are we doing here? <laughs> oh, I agree. And he, I mean, and the players, and when I say he yelled at them, it's not like I'm yelling at you from six feet away or whatever the CDC recommendation is. He like yelled in these kids' faces. Uh, and it's so it's just sort of like, I mean, to, to a certain extent, I mean, you're talking, I believe the protocol in the SEC as of right now is going to be testing three times a week. Am I making that up? And, and so to a certain extent, you just have to. You just have to say, look, we're we're doing everything. Football's a contact sport. This is a team sport. We're all in, you know, you're out on the field inches from each other, guys screaming in each other's faces. Yeah. To it's a certain gonna... extent, these things are going to happen. Like, oh, for sure. It's definitely theater. I mean, not to get too personal in here, but my kid, who's eight, almost nine, has been playing travel baseball all summer. And there has been no, like, precautions taken their kids are in dugouts together coaches are talking to them they're all high-fiving they've been doing it all summer haven't had the first issue yet but yet when he goes and plays in these tournaments there's signs everywhere of what you should and shouldn't do they've got areas marked off i kind of envision that being the same way college football when it happens like they're going to tell them what they need to do and have these guidelines for the teams but once the games start how do you police that there's no way exactly to stop high fives there's no way to stop any of this i i think the it seems like to me the nhl has been the most realistic because when it comes to the games they have they're not doing a lick of anything the game is completely normal they're you know the nba has like the sideline 
spaced out, the coaches wear masks, all this stuff. And and like in, in the NHL, some some of the assistants, like the equipment guys, are wearing masks. But obviously, none of the players are. They're on the, the bench like normal. And, the you know, if you don't watch hockey, the bench is shoulder to shoulder directly next to each other the entire game. And, and they're just, you know, they're, they're celebrating together. And, and they're just kind of saying, look, we're doing all this testing. We're doing all these precautions. We're doing all this stuff. We're going to trust that and have the game. And I, I, that's just that's the most realistic way to go about it at this point. I mean, it, unless unless you're going to be like the the MLB and not have the the bubbleish style, you know, living and have more, I guess, outside characters in there that maybe you don't know. Like if, anybody, anybody like that, yeah, you should probably be cautious. Baseball is but. interesting because they've had these few little outbreaks here and there. But it hasn't been anything that shut the sport down. We've seen teams have the canceled games for postponed games for three, four, five days at a time. I think the Marlins, like a week or so. But they haven't done this bubble thing. They've been seeing their families, and they've, for the most part, most teams haven't had a lot of positive tests, and they're high fiving each other, you know, acting like normal. I mean, you do see a few players. I noticed today the Yankees had a right fielder that had his mask on out there playing right field close to nobody. And I was kind of wondering like, what, what are you, are you just, is this for show? It has to be for show. Like why else you're, you're not coming in close contact with anybody out there. I, well, I don't know about that. That's very strange. (laughs) Um, But I, the the focus has kind of turned to now that colleges are back in a lot of the national media coverage of the coronavirus right now because you have a lot of places where you had these giant surges and now it's kind of gone back down. The state that I live in currently is one of those. Like we did have a pretty decent amount uh, of, of cases and now it's slowly declining. Thank goodness, that's great. Um, and so they're sort of they've lost that angle to be able to cover and go ah, there's crazy the cases, the cases, the cases. Now they've turned to the college campuses and you know like the one that i've seen is alabama uh and there's i mean it was i think it was like 500 ish cases or something like active you know infections on campus with students i i may be exaggerating that number i may be under on that number i don't totally remember but nonetheless um i I wonder how those things how is that gonna affect because alabama i don't believe they haven't they haven't done the unc and canceled in person uh, classes or anything and what it, are things like that going to affect college football so like are these guys going to be completely insulated this is some of the stuff the minutiae that i want to know so like if a kid that has the virus but doesn't know it goes to class and sits next to a football player is that football player dunzo when that kid finally finds out that he or she has it and does do they have to sit out? Do you not have the players go to class at all? I haven't seen. Are are they completely online? I think that would be the most prudent move, I would say. Um, but there's about a million different things that could happen with the way that this is being handled. But if you have, at, at the same time, you think about it, 500 kids on a campus at Tennessee, I think the enrollment last year was something like 30,000. Relatively speaking, while that's a large number, relative to the entire population on campus, it's not really that many people. Um, and so I, I don't know how that'll play out, but that's been the new talking point that everybody's freaking out about. And so I, I wonder 
how all that plays into the sports equation. Well, didn't the CDC come out with some new guidelines this week where they didn't recommend you getting tested if you had come in contact with somebody that had COVID? Yes, if you don't, I believe it was, if you don't have any symptoms, and I know that that, that suggestion became political immediately. Of course. I don't want to get on into all of that. But yeah, that was the CDC suggestion. And I I mean, it makes sense if you're not, if I you're mean, not sick. You're that not is how we sick. treat typical viruses. And I know this isn't at this point yet a typical virus, but eventually it that is going to be how we treat it. So when do we get to that point? Yeah, when is that tipping point? And what what do you say is not sick also or what it what are not symptoms? Because I know I mean, I know firsthand someone in my life um, who got it. And the only symptom they had was that they completely lost taste and smell, very noticeably lost taste and smell. But that was the only thing that they ended up having. I guess, technically speaking, that person is symptomatic, should get tested, right? Yeah. So. You know, if you're, if you do noticeably, by the way, if you do noticeably lose taste and smell, it happens. It can definitely, definitely be the coronavirus. That seems like the one symptom that has been consistent throughout this whole thing. It's like that you've got COVID when you have that. And it's, and it's like a full from, from the, I I just know a couple of people that that has happened to. And it is like when you put like when you drink like sweet tea you just feel like liquid in your mouth. Like it's not, you don't even get like the sensation of flavor at all, which to me is like crazy. I've never had that happen with a sickness. Um, and hopefully that means I haven't had it yet. I don't know. I haven't gotten that antibody test or anything, <laughs> but that's, you know, so I think the people freaking out over the, ah, if you don't have symptoms, you should still get tested. Well, you can feel good and technically still have symptoms and need to go get tested. That being the primary one that I think about the loss of taste and smell, but just my take on that little, you know, situation that happened this week, but it's, it is, it's, it's really interesting. I, I don't know exactly how that's going to play out. It hasn't, I mean, it hasn't exploded on Tennessee's campus. What is it? 200 ish cases or something they've said, which again, not good, but relative to the full population on campus, not exactly what I would call like a massive outbreak or anything. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I feel, well, what almost two weeks into fall camp here. And we've had a few little instances where some players have got, I think LSU had a position group, get it. Tennessee's had some, I think Auburn, they haven't been practicing. They didn't practice this entire week. Auburn, But we haven't had like a whole program, I guess, besides Auburn really shut down too much or we haven't had that many instances of it it i feel like once we make it through this first couple of weeks and and kids are adjusting that that bodes well for the start of the season one in auburn's case they kind of see now hey if you don't do what you're supposed to do you're not going to play we're not going to play we're gonna have to postpone a game i'm sure that will happen this fall like i fully expect for a Auburn Arkansas game or something to get postponed because of COVID. Like I would not be, I would almost be surprised if it didn't happen, but I lean more towards that being rare this fall based on what we've seen so far during fall camp. Yeah. I just see that that possibility is absolutely there. And I, yes, I absolutely think that's going to happen at some point during the season, at least one game. I would very much guess multiple SEC games will get postponed at, at some 
point seems essentially inevitable. It's going to come up on the Friday that half it the is. team tested or something, and there's going to be yeah. no other recourse there. That's going to be what has to happen. And I, I don't know what the response will be if they what I, I feel like they will err on the side of caution. I definitely get that yeah. feeling, um, which is probably that's probably good. Yeah, and, and probably the right call. And it's going to be um, annoying. I hope that it doesn't happen with like a Alabama LSU and they're hmm. like number one and number two in the week of <laughs> the quarterback gets COVID or something. Yeah. What um, happens in that situation? What if uh, uh, Alabama and LSU are playing and Miles Brennan is, is LSU's quarterback and he's off to a great start and he tests positive, but he's the only guy that tests positive for LSU. Like nobody else of that really matters tests positive. I mean, if you're LSU, you're, pushing to postpone that game i'm sure oh yes and alabama I, wants to play i mean what happens then i do not know they didn't really build in weeks i it, well obviously just the season ends in, in december and you could just play the, december 12th the, yeah yeah I mean, you could just go extra weeks which hey i'm i'm all for free football don't get me wrong look um, yeah that middle part of december when there's no college football is a terrible time of year anyway Yes, there's it's complete sports nothingness in that slot, at least meaningful sports. Um, and so I, I'm all for that. Just move it to the end of the season. Hopefully that's the plan. I assume that's the plan. Um, and and those games will still happen. But I just you know Austin P went out there and proved that you can play the games. That's that's a given. I I don't think that at this point with what we know, the SEC will have any excuse uh, to cancel. I don't think they're going to. I think they are headstrong and, and moving forward. I think the ACC and the Big 12 are also. I think the I think the Big 10 is having major second thoughts right now. In fact, I don't think that that's been very much the case at least with the reporting that's been done uh with with that league now the latest report being that they are weighing a start at Thanksgiving which just give up the ghost, Big Ten. This is so stupid. Big Ten, you look stupid. You look not- really, really stupid, and I hope you know that. You look really dumb. Either cancel it, call it quits, or just admit you were right. Just say, oops, oopsie. We'll play. Fine, we'll play. Just say, oops, and, and run it back. They don't, we'll even need to, they don't even need to say they were wrong. I mean, they're trying to save face here. All they need to say is, look, we thought the SEC, Big 12, and ACC were going to follow us. The Pac-12 did. Two out of the uh, Power 5 conferences, out of the five Power 5 conferences, uh, decide they're going to not play. How how can these other three conferences play? Which I can kind of see, because when I heard that the Big 10 was canceling or postponing, I felt like it was inevitable. I, I felt that in the pit of my stomach, like, oh, here we go. This is it. But they didn't follow, and the Big Ten's like, oh, no, what do we do now? Well, and and specifically, like, one really damning thing that I saw, something that the Big Ten, they, they did have multiple reasons, but something that the Big Ten cited a lot was this study about myocarditis, the heart problems mm. in, in the people that got coronavirus and get better. I saw the people that wrote that study they got called out by a, a number of folks on social media going like, this is not a very sound study and these numbers do not add up. 
and officially in the journal where it was published, they had to publish a correction to that study, and it is not nearly as bad with after the correction as it was before. It does not, you know, the the information presented doesn't seem to be as worrying uh, after the correction. And so, you know, the big thing kind of has some egg on its face with that excuse now. And so it's, and then of course it just seems like most of the ADs want to play essentially all of the football coaches want to play and all we know all of the football players want to play all, you know, all or at least very much most of them. The parents, um, the parents, the, want pa- them to the play. parents are, are out protesting at Big Ten headquarters. <laughs> like, just, just come on, Big Ten. Just, just say, just go, man, I'm sorry. I'm sorry we overreacted. Let's play football. Just do it. Just do it. We're, you'll be okay. I mean, how, if you play at Thanksgiving, what are you gaining by pushing it back two months? What in that? I don't understand how it's better two months. I mean, there's not going to be, if the vaccine comes, it's not going to be here before Thanksgiving. So that's really, and it, even then, it's not like a vaccine comes on Monday and things are okay by Wednesday. I mean, it, it's not really how it works. So I don't really know what their thought process is here. I don't get it. I don't know. A, a Thanksgiving start, that's the stupidest thing. Like, at least with spring, you have some talking points that make me kind of go, okay, eh, you know, I get it. But Thanksgiving, that's nonsense. That's complete nonsense. That's them trying to backtrack, trying to act like they're making plans to for possibly playing. Because what what would happen? And I saw this, too. I saw, I mean, this was, this was more, here's what my sources are telling me, sort of reporting. But the college football playoff released its official schedule this week. And... You know, obviously, all the teams that are playing went, oh, cool, here's the college football playoff. We know that's happening. Uh, the college football playoff is not sanctioned by the NCAA. It's not an NCAA event like the NCAA basketball tournament. So it's it's independent, can do what it wants. They shifted it around a little bit, and now we have the dates and everything. And uh, some some of those national college football reporters went, this was a move. My sources are telling me this was a move by the college football playoff to make the Big Ten rethink what they were doing to, to basically say, look, Big Ten, we're not playing these games. The college football playoffs happening. Get back or, or give in. Well, like, Thanksgiving's still too late. I mean, they'd have to go early October yeah. at the latest. Because it's, I, I mean, what was, let's, let's see if I can find it. What were the exact dates uh, of the, here we go, college football playoff. Mark your calendars. 2020 selection. Uh, selection Sunday is December 20th. Friday, January 1st is your semifinals. And Monday, January 11th is your national championship. I believe the semifinals and national championship. Those are the dates it was going to be. So um, they just kept strong on that. But uh, I believe they had to move back to selection day. Um, <clears throat> and so, yeah, I mean, they there was just reporting from national guys that that was a move looking at the Big Ten and being like, hey, we're not this whole spring thing. Uh-uh. Like, we're not doing that. And so it's a weird, weird situation. Maybe the Big Ten gives in. Maybe they don't. But they're, lo- they're losing daylight right now. All, SEC and everybody is is practicing. And, and apparently those football teams in the Big Ten are still on campus, still able to work out. But I don't know if they're full on having kind of fall practice practices. I don't know. Um, 
Well, the playoff, <laughs> the, the playoff doesn't need the Big Ten in any no, way. <laughs> they no, they can the put line. in, they can put in Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, and Clemson, and have like a, I mean, just a normal playoff, pretty much. But how, how irredeemably stupid will the Pac-12 and the Big Ten look if? Neither of those leagues plays in the Rose Bowl. Oh, it'll kill them in recruiting. I mean, that's that's the game. Yeah. The Pac-12 and the Big Ten, that's the Rose Bowl. Now, the Rose Bowl, I believe, is one of the playoff games this year. So it's a little different. But, like, come on. Come on. Yeah, still, if Ohio that's, State that's, makes the playoff, they're playing in the Rose Bowl. Yes, exactly. I mean, that is just complete no humiliation. Frankly, complete humiliation. Just... It's going to kill them in recruiting anyway. I mean, it's going to be so easy for SEC coaches and ACC coaches to recruit these Big Ten players that Ohio State, Michigan is going after. It's like, hey, look, we play. You know, if you want to play, come here. Who knows what they're going to do when the next crisis comes up. They're going to cancel their season again. You know, it'll be very easy to recruit those five-star guys. It's going to be (laughs) – Really interesting to see how that plays out. I mean, we, we could kind of brag, brag yeah. on the Big Ten all day. I, I bet they move it up. I mean, they're going to have to play. They're going to try to save face. They're going to wait on some, I don't know, some crazy report that suggests things aren't as bad as they seem and use it to justify maybe that what you were talking about earlier. But they, they still have a choice at this point. I mean, they're going to kill themselves if they don't. They, they are. I. This is a real just you're cutting I guess I don't even know if this is dramatic enough of a saying cutting off your nose despite your face like just I don't know what they're doing it's it's hard for me to even wrap around wrap my mind around if if the SEC and the, and the the ACC and the Big 12 have relatively a successful season and they get all the way through the college football playoff and everything I, you can't even begin to talk about how stupid the Big 10 will look it, it's com- complete humiliation. That's that's just the the best way that I can really describe it. A total embarrassment. I think you <laughs> have to you have to fire Kevin Warren. He can't be he can't be the guy. He already looks dumb enough now, uh, but he's got to go. And it's really just the Big Ten, though. Nobody's going to really look at the Pac-12 differently. I don't no. think after this, <laughs> if we're honest. That's all signed there, but but still, like it, like we said, if somebody else plays with the Rose Bowl, like, come on. Like, that's the game. That's your game. What are you doing? And we'll we'll see. I do get the feeling that in the next couple of weeks, they're going to go, we're going to play an eight-game schedule that starts two weeks after the SEC and the ACC. It's going to be some half-cocked thing like that. That's And, and you know what's going to happen if they do that. All the other leagues are going to go, what? We're you can't beat you can't do that. Like we're playing a ten game schedule. We're playing more football than you. What if Ohio State goes undefeated? Yeah, tries what, to get into the playoff. Oh That's God, not how that yeah. works. You're gonna see. You're gonna have eight no eight and zero Ohio State. You're gonna have nine and one Alabama, eight and two LSU, and eight and two Georgia. And all three of those teams are gonna be better than Ohio State. But one of them's not gonna get in because of that schedule. It's gonna be so stupid. There's some, uh, some sort of controversy in that regard will happen. 
Well, yeah, and then Oklahoma is going to get in because they're Oklahoma in the Big 12 and they'll get knocked out the first round after getting blown out. <laughs> well, that was going to happen anyway. Yeah. But um, unfortunately, or very, very fortunately, sorry, I misspoke there. Very fortunately, this is not a Big Ten podcast. We get to talk about SEC <laughs> football here. We just um, make fun of the Big Ten. Yes, it, exactly. Some some SEC SEC still on schedule, as we said. There have been a couple setbacks. Tennessee didn't practice on Friday. Auburn uh, took off almost the entire week because of some COVID stuff going on with both of those. Um, and now you had some regulations come out from the SEC. There's going to be no bans on the field with the SEC. I don't really get this one that much. Uh, and it, I mean, it's just such an important part of the pageantry of SEC football that you're slashing for a reason. I don't really get necessarily. Because I, I would say, to me, the much more concerning thing uh, is the no bands in the stands, sitting next to each other, being very cl- in close proximity for four hours. But no bands on the field? I mean, they are, really... and they are going to be in the stands, the bands. Ex- exactly. <laughs> and so I'm like, why? <laughs> if they could be in the stands, why can't they? What's be the on difference? The field? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and maybe it is the, you know, r- guess technically speaking this seems pretty outlandish but the band being on the field with the players the band does not have the same protocols that the players have and if tennessee runs through the t and one of the the trumpet players goes <coughs> on to jerick arantano then you know <laughs> we have a problem maybe but that just seems that's it's overkill i I, I don't really get this one. It seems a little silly, but yeah, the only know, one I get is like the visiting bands, not traveling. You're cutting down. I get that. Now it will be disappointing to not hear Rocky top in Athens when they play. Uh, yeah. But I understand that with everything going on, but not on the field. I mean, these kids, they're already, their senior seasons are already going to be, nothing like they envisioned they're going to miss all of the pageantry like you you mentioned what makes college football great the traditions running through the t it's it's just one of the it's what makes college football great no matter what university it is they all have their kind of special things that they do at least let them do that and they get robbed of even that i, I hate it for the kids that this is their last chance to kind of have those moments that are so, I mean, that goes by so fast. I mean, we were talking before the podcast started about uh, Jeremy Bates and mentioning that he's already a junior. And it's hard to believe that that kid seems like he just ended up on Tennessee's campus and he's already almost done. I mean, it goes by so fast for him and they, they're already going to miss so much this year. Having to miss that too. I just, I just hate it for those kids. It's, it's pretty just even gut, gut wrenching thinking about that. Cause I, I just think about, you know, I had a completely regular college experience and just leaving behind the regular college experience that I had. I mean, it's very bittersweet. It's some of the best years of your life. It's really fun. You make really good friends. And to have something specifically with the band and not being able to have running through the tea and things like that, that is just a a real shame. Um, And I feel absolutely terrible for the seniors in the band um, and for the football players that kind of have this, I guess you would say like bastardized season, sort of this half, half a season sort of weirdness for their senior year. 
Although I guess with the football players, you do technically, it just doesn't count towards your eligibility at the moment. So you can't just come back apparently, but who knows how that's going to work. I don't, I don't even know if that's really going to end up coming to fruition. We'll see. Um, but it, it sucks. It sucks big time. Uh, and, and I know that you, you kind of wanted to tie in uh, some other stuff that happened with this particular conversation with some other stuff that happened in the SEC. What were your thoughts there? I'll let you frame it however you want with uh, with Jamar Chase at LSU. I knew you had some thoughts and different things. What? Yeah, I mean, it kind of – Jamar Chase today kind of reports started circulating that he's going to opt out of the 2020 season. It's LSU's top wide receiver – probably the best wide receiver in the country. He's going to be a top five, top 10 pick. I can totally understand why he wants to opt out of the season. He has nothing to gain by playing this year. And the one thing that would kind of bring him back to want to play his junior year at LSU is getting to experience those games in Death Valley and Baton Rouge, some of the road games in the SEC. And he's not going to have that same experience. If you're not going to have that, if you're Jamar Chase, you can't improve your draft stock. You're not going to make any more money. Why would you come back and play? Why risk COVID? Who knows? You know, everybody has their own thoughts on how that would affect a college athlete. But at the end, of, at the end of the day, you don't know his family stuff like that. Some sort of long-term injury. You know, you tear an ACL. You have some sort of catastrophic injury that that you're not the same player that you were. You don't want to risk that when you already know that you're going to be a top 10 pick. And the only thing that you would risk it for is just to have that experience that you were talking about. And I think you're probably going to see some more of that in the next couple of weeks. Jamar Chase is a pretty big deal because he had kind of committed to already playing this year. Like he had been vocal about wanting to play this year and kind of, here a month before the season starts says he's not going to I don't think he'll be the last big name to opt out of the season yeah I'll say completely any kid that skips this year I get it I totally get it it almost for some of these guys it kind of makes me cringe seeing them be gung-ho about playing specifically Trey Smith I love it I love mm-hmm. his passion. I love that he uh, he was one of the most vocal people about, you know, we want to play and all of these things. He's He's been big on, on the social justice movement on campus at Tennessee. Like, he's a passionate, passionate kid. He, he came back um, because he, he had made a promise to his mother to say, I'm going to finish and get my college degree. It's it's this thing that is, I'm sure, very, like, emotional and, and passionate for him to be able to play his final season. But it almost makes me go, like, ugh. You really shouldn't. You really like, oh yeah. If, him. if you're talking long term, your prospects for the pros, man, you need to you need to be focused on making that money, focused on on like your family in the future. And the most smart thing for your family in the future is for you to skip it. You're a first round NFL pick right now at this moment, and we all know it. The NFL knows it, and like, just we, I like, I I want to see Trey in enriched for the rest of his life Absolutely. and not have things get derailed. And he already, obviously he already has the problem with lung clots and things. Yeah. Like his that. health issues. I mean, he is the definition of pre-existing yeah, condition. Just please don't let anything happen. No, please. no. I mean, I admire his desire to want to play, but if there's anybody that could justifiably opt out of this season over legitimate health concerns, it's him. 
And you don't know how many other college players have some pre-existing condition issues that aren't kind of out in the in the mainstream media. And you don't know. I mean, that, that's a private conversation that these these kids have to have with their families and their coaches. With Smith, man, yeah, I, I feel the same way for him. Between the NFL stuff and his health, I'm almost like I, I love that you want to play your senior year at Tennessee, but man, I just I, I hope that he gets through it unscathed and is okay. Yeah, that, that is one of the toughest, most conflicting things because I go, man, he's the anchor of this line. He's an amazing leader. He's such a it's good one of the kid. best people in the world. I mean, he's yes. he is a great kid. I don't want anything to happen to him. Protect Trey Smith at all costs. Have to. Yes. Put <laughs> him in a bubble until yes. game day. <laughs> but uh, it, it is. It's tough. It's a weird, weird situation. And and honestly, no matter what, like I purely if, if the pandemic wasn't going on, I would still feel a little antsy about him because. of the Oh, yeah. We, even without the existential crisis going on. Uh I, I would be like, ah, please just let, let him get through this year and be good and, and, you know, make it to his, what is very obviously going to be a successful uh, career in the NFL if it happens. Um, and so we'll, we'll see, but it is, yeah, I, I think we're going to see that over the next couple of weeks. Like you said, there's going to be more of that. I don't know how much, maybe I'm sure that there's going to be guys on those teams talking to these dudes being like, man, come on. Come on, let's let's play this with your last year. Don't if throw in the towel. Like, there's going to be persuasion, and obviously the coaches, especially if it's someone like a Jamar Chase. I bet it makes uh, mm. Coach O sick that his, you know, the best wide receiver in America is not going to be playing for him. Uh, but it's it is as we already said, it is what it is. If these guys opt out, I'm not going to go. Oh, you shouldn't do that. No, you do what's best for you. I mean, why if you're Trevor Lawrence, why do you play this year? I mean, you saw – I mean, he's kind of like the number one quarterback in this upcoming draft, right? I mean, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy. But that – a year ago, that's how we felt about Tua. We felt like Tua was the number one guy. Suddenly, Joe Burrow comes onto the scene. He takes off. He's the number one guy. It's not like Tua dropped that far, but he wasn't – he didn't get drafted. He wasn't the number one pick. You want to be the number one pick. And if Trevor Lawrence sits out the season – is he the number one pick? I mean, is it is he? It could go either way. I mean, I still think if he plays, he'll probably be the number one pick. But that's why they play, and we've seen plenty of crazy things happen in kids' sure. senior years where somebody else steps up, they have a bad year, perception changes. I mean, if you're Trevor Lawrence, do you weigh that at all? Would you consider sitting out if you're him? I, when I think purely of the most sensible decision, I think he would be remiss to not consider it, but he's also been so gung-ho about playing. Yeah, that's true. That. Yeah, he's not going. Yeah, he's going to play for sure. Yeah, but, uh, well, we've we've already blown through 40 minutes uh, talking about all this, and we haven't even so very regrettably last week, the software that we record this podcast on uh, ruined my week and lost half our show. And it was a bunch of really good uh, fall practice talk. Now, a whole other week of fall practice has happened, ex uh, with the exception of Friday and Saturday. Friday, I, there were some COVID concerns. And then Saturday, uh, the team took off practice for uh, protest on, on campus for uh, everything that's going on. I'm, you know, 
I'm not getting into all that. You can go somewhere else for that coverage. But uh, so moving into fall practice itself, we talked about this on last week's show, so it feels like deja vu for me and Zach. But uh, all all we've seen is Tennessee's official coverage of practice and then Pruitt's comments on what's been happening and then the players' comments on what's been happening. So that's all we really have to go off of. But it seems like things are going well, but there's no third-party media there to give uh, a more objective view of what might be happening. So it's it's a little hard to make certain, you know, like to really say what might be happening. But, uh, you know, what have your thoughts been so far with fall practice, Zach? I mean, it seems like the offense, like you said, from what we've been able to hear and gather that the offense is performing pretty well, which is, I think, to be expected. Second-year offensive coordinator, you've got a veteran offensive line, a veteran quarterback, whether people like him or not. Um, his second year, it's Garantano's second year with the offensive coordinator, second year with the quarterback's coach, first time in his career this has happened. Kind of feels like we're talking about Marcus Mariota and the Titans back in that situation. <laughs> so it's the parallels are that's a good comparison. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> so it's it's not a surprise that the offense is doing well, even though you don't have Juwan Jennings, you don't have Marquez Callaway, you've got Josh Palmer, you've got Eric Gray, Ty Chandler, you got that good offensive line like we mentioned, and you got young guys like Jalen Hyatt stepping up. That's a speedster that people have kind of been raving about, and even Jeremy Pruitt has kind of talked about how how well he's performed. It is. A lot of encouraging stuff that's come up, and that's good. I hope that it's all true. <laughs> Can really neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> but uh, I, I like we've gotten a lot of a good flashy video from VFL Films, and we appreciate it. <laughs> um, but I, man, I just want they to always say, make Garantino look good. By the way, they do. They really do. And so they do great work, though. I, sh- I should mention that. Yes, we're we're being cynical. Come on, UT. The, like the Titans are having media in person, we can make this happen. It's it's not gonna be like if the guys if you know if guys aren't comfortable with coming down there and covering it, then they just don't have to. But like, give them the option so we can have some coverage of the team anyway. Yeah, you don't have to have the little media scrum. You can have the podium. Yes, everybody's exactly. at a distance. Yeah. You're yeah. You don't need five people from every outlet there. You need you can have one person yes. from twenty four seven sports. You don't need all six of their reporters. You don't have to have it. And, and for anybody who, you know, have, have X's on the field where you say, you have to stand here. If you're not standing here, one of our lackeys will come and tell you to move. <laughs> I mean, it's not like they let they you all, just walk around. Yes, they free. already do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pra- practices already. They're, they're the little grad, grad school minions that run around and go, oh, you're not, you can't, you're five feet past the line. You can't go. You, please come back, you know. And so, we don't want you to see too much of the stretching out here. Yes. So just do that. Like I put some X's on the field. Let Hey, bring me down. I'll give, you know, I'll just charge a small consulting fee of around a million dollars <laughs> and, and we'll hook it up. We'll, we'll give you we'll a promo code for that consulting fee. Yes. 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 20% off with code uh, A to Z sports. But um, <laughs> just like that. I, w- I really wish we could have that, but uh, so, so it seems I, uh, the, the quarterbacks have all at some point looked pretty good. All of them that are in that set uh, of guys. But the question is who is looking the best 
and we're not really sure yet. Yeah, I mean, I think it's Garantano, just based on some of Pruitt's comments that he's kind of taking care of the ball, feeling comfortable in the offense. Um, Harrison Bailey had to sit out. Um, he was in quarantine. I don't think he had COVID. I think somebody confirmed that he did not have COVID, but he had maybe come in contact with somebody that had. I'm not sure. But he had to be quarantined from the team for a little bit. I think he was able to watch practice from a distance. But it's really been JT Shrout. Uh, we mentioned this kind of on the loss sessions from last week that has <laughs> that has stepped up and has really looked good. And it's it's kind of surprising because you felt like he was on the bottom of the depth chart. But he was kind of someone that was behind when he got to Tennessee because the offense he ran in high school just wasn't what you see in college. It was a very much a spread offense. You, you're not really making calls out on the field. You, you kind of got one read, and it, it just didn't translate well. He had a lot of learning to do, but the talent's there, the arm talent's there, and it sounds like he could kind of be the number two guy to start the season. It is interesting. That that was a a pretty interesting development that came out of, of everything because exactly like you said, I thought he was the bottom of the depth chart at, at this point. Turns out he's had a nice showing. Um, we did see Pruitt this week, he said, and everybody wants to know about Harrison Bailey. Uh, I, I mean, we got to be completely realistic. This kid did not have fall practice. Obviously, he's already missed days of practice. Like, he's not no, going to be ready. No real spring practice either. Yeah, he's not going to be ready, folks. I I hate that there's so many people that want to see him play. He's not going to be ready. And he, he shouldn't be. The kid needs to get acclimated. And he, you know, putting him He needs to get used to not throwing to Eric Gilbert, too, by the way, who's now at LSU and is one of yeah. the freak athletes in the country. And I, I mean, the, there is so much of a difference if you talk to guys who have played quarterback in college. I mean, it's just night and day. The speed of the game, the the athletic ability of the guys on the other side of the ball, it's just totally different. And you would be, frankly, you'd be doing this kid a disservice throwing him out there early in this season. I, in my personal opinion, you would be uh, really kind of sticking it to Harrison Bailey when you didn't have to, when you have other options by just being like, mm, okay, here you go. Cause it's just a trial by fire. SEC football is, is the closest thing to NFL football uh, that is an NFL football. And that just, you know, I, I, that is what it is, but. And I do think Bailey is ahead of the curve a little bit on that game speed, because like, like I, I hope mentioned so. Eric Gilbert just now, it was his high school teammate at Marietta, uh, B.J. Ojolari, defensive end, was his high school teammate there, too. They In Marietta there, they play against a lot of talented kids that end up at SEC schools there in that in Georgia, in that Atlanta area there. So he's, he's played against a lot of great talent, not veteran talent, but he's more, he's more ready to play than, say, a, well, like J.T. Shroud or somebody that comes kind of not from that area. The playbook, how complex it is. I mean, you've seen with Garantano and all these other guys, you need time in this system to rep it. I mean, simply reading the playbook is not enough. You need to rep it. You need to go through it in practices, and even that's not the same as game action. So, no, Bailey's not going to be ready until maybe the end of the season at and best. It, I am. I was happy about this. Before we started the show, I shot out a poll on Twitter. 
and I said, this is for our, our podcast. Uh, who do you think will be Tennessee's starting quarterback by the final game of the 2020 season? Who starts against Florida? Um, and I thought the results would be like Harrison Bailey, 95%. Because when, you know, when you just talk about that, there's a, a whole bunch of loud folks on Twitter that go, JG's terrible. He's never going to be good. Throw him in the trash bin. And, and, you know, just people like that. We're just like, come on, let's at least talk realistically about this. Um, but that's all you really hear in the responses. But here in the poll where it's anonymous and much more people can give their input, we have, let's see, three, 365 votes so far. And who will be the starting quarterback by the final game of the 2020 season for Tennessee? Jarek Arantano, 58%. Harrison Bailey, 33%. 4% Maurer, 5% Shrout. So I would say this is pretty realistic. This is really how I feel. I would say if you ask me, like, what is the chance that Jarek Arantano starts the final game of the 2020 season? I would say yeah, 60%. Like, you know, probably... More than 50, but not great <laughs> odds, you know? Like, uh, I just, I haven't seen from him what I want to see yet. Uh, and until I do, that's how I'm going to feel. And so this, I like this. This is a more realistic uh, set of set of opinions from Tennessee fans, it seems, which is nice to see. Yeah, I, f I feel the same way. I mean, I, I was surprised by these results, but it's pretty much the order I would put it in. I put Bailey at number two, just because of upside and because I think by the end of the year, he could be a factor. And then Shrout, I would put third, just based on the information that we, we've we learned so far during fall camp that we were talking about. But Darren Tenno, I wrote this week, I kind of think he's finally due for that breakout. Not that I think he's going to be some Joe Burrow type story. Not that I think he's going to throw for 4,000 yards this year and make Tennessee go eight and two or nine and one. But I do think we're going to see a better quarterback than we've seen in the past. I think we're going to see a more consistent quarterback. He's still going to hold on to the ball too long because that's who he is. He does not want to turn the ball over, which is good. Causes him to miss some plays that he otherwise shouldn't, but he's not a turnover machine either. But being in this offense the second year, not only does he understand Jim Chaney more, but Jim Chaney understands him more. He understands what Garantano can pull off, what plays work for him. He, They just understand each other better. Same same with Chris Winkie, the quarterback's coach. So I do feel like he's going to be a better option for Tennessee this year, and I do think as long as he's healthy that he'll finish the year as a starter. I'll say VFL Pilgrim on Twitter in response to my poll, he summed up very kind of succinctly how I'm feeling also. He said, it's JG. I hope he does well, and I think he may actually turn the corner. But my heart really wants Harrison Bailey to take over and be a phenom. Yeah. That's exactly how that's, I feel. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's perfect. Yeah. That really is. Because I think I wrote this that, like, Garantano – can have a good year for Tennessee. He can get them, if everything goes well, goes perfect, can get them to seven and three, maybe. Like that would be kind of the the ceiling there. He's not going to get them to a national championship level. Harrison Bailey, on the other hand, has that potential, or we think he has that potential based on what we've seen in high school and kind of recruiting wise. 
Bailey has a much higher ceiling than Garantano. So in 2020, Garantano is probably the better option, but beyond, I mean, obviously Garantano won't be back, but Bailey is the guy that can kind of take Tennessee to that next level finally. So do you want to see it this year? Do you want to see it, you know, kind of when do you want to see him take over? What does it mean for Tennessee if he does have to take over for this season? Is the season kind of lost at that point? I'll be completely honest. I want to see him redshirt this season because this is a weird, I think this is going to be a year. Well, it doesn't count towards eligibility either way though, right? Well, oh, supposedly. that's true. That's true. Suppos- yeah. Supposedly, we don't oh, know how that'll work oh, out yet. Yeah, we'll see exactly how that works. I don't know, but I I want to see him do the equivalent of a wet of a red shirt, whether that's playing or not playing. <laughs> I don't know, um, but have have him have uh, another year of eligibility with, uh, because this is a lost season. This season, if if it goes off correctly, this season's going to be awesome. Uh, make no mistake. Ten SEC. 10 weeks of SEC games in a row is so awesome, but it's a weird year. It's not a normal year. It's always going to have an asterisk beside it in the record books. And people are going to go, well, the big 10 didn't play the Pac-12 mm-hmm. didn't play whatever ends up happening. And, and just to go give this kid a year to develop because his ceiling looks really high and he looks really promising. And then, and then bring him in next year when, ideally fingers crossed knock on wood let's hope let's pray everything is back to normal uh and he can be your guy and that's that's my current feeling just let it let this year blow over let's let's hope jg turns the corner and go from there yeah i mean even if bailey because i've thought about what you're talking about you red shirt him you got that extra year of eligibility well if bailey is what everybody wants him to be he's not going to stick around for that extra year, right? He's going to be gone to the NFL draft. If he reaches that potential that we think he's going to be that good, he's going to scoot right on past that. So you, you kind of have to take that into consideration. But if that happens, I mean, then you got Caden Salter coming on. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's a good situation for Tennessee quarterback-wise moving forward. I mean, they've, they've got some good options. Pruitt has recruited well in that area. I, mean, I, I would say this this is the dream. This is the dream right here. You have JG. He turns the corner this year. You have a good year. You win at least seven games. Everybody, woo, we're happy. And you get past the asterisk season. Next year, Bailey takes over. He is the revelation. He does win you 10, 11, 12 games. And then he is so good that by his junior year, you have two excellent seasons with Harrison Bailey. He leaves early for the NFL. Caden Salter steps up, and he's he's the man. Well, that's pretty much got to be the formula at this point for college yeah, programs, right? Cool. I mean, two years at the most, right? Yeah, exactly. When, when you have a guy who's the real deal, you're Johnny Manziel's, which I, well, if Harrison Bailey turns out that, that way, I mean... <laughs> Good Lord. I'm not that's not what I'm asking of Harrison <laughs> Bailey is not to win a Heisman. But to try to though. Please try to. Yes, please, 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 please do win a Heisman. That would be nice. Uh but you know, to to have him truly be the guy, to be a Jake Fromm, you know, just a really solid at least 10 games one kind of quarterback. Uh and then yeah, you you're gonna lose him early, but that means he was really good. And then you got to replace him with another five star and the, the cycle goes on. But that's to me, 
that's the dream. That's the ideal situation. These things rarely work out for Tennessee, so I'm not banking on it. <laughs> but uh, we we shall see. But I, as of right now, that's the way that I I would love for the quarterback situation to work out. But uh, it looks any, like Pruitt is hoping for the same thing based on the way he's recruited. So yes, certainly. But there there was other. I mean, we're we're coming up sort of on our hour here. But uh, there there was other de- developments. Pruitt essentially announced that Henry Toe will be be the man on on defense that uh, Daniel Petuli was calling the plays last year and that that uh, helm is going to be taken up by the young man from California, Henry Toe Toe. And then speaking still of the linebackers, Jeremy Banks is back. We already mentioned it a little bit earlier on this show. He's back. I've been I've been looking. I, I follow him on Instagram and I don't usually do that. I don't. I make a point not to like follow players or do anything, but I wanted to see kind of what his deal is right now. Cause he's really was a... funny that you mentioned that if I can interrupt real quick, sure, just because he, he is, I'm the exact same way as you. I don't follow a lot of players on Instagram or Twitter, but he is one of the few that I do follow on Instagram. And he, I mean, for the most part players, like it's just college kid nonsense. I don't care. I don't care what you're Instagramming about because it's usually just, it's, you know, college yeah. kid nonsense. But he he has been, and I hope all, all of this is genuine and all of this is, is very real and he's not just doing it for show. And I and as of right now, I don't think he is. Um, but I it really looks like he has taken a, a real step forward. It's, it's a lot of uh, videos of him training. It's a lot of, like, Bible verses. It's a lot of... It seems like he does a lot of, like, charity work. Yeah, I don't know um, how long you've been following him, but for the yeah. past about six to eight months, it's been a lot of that on his Instagram stories and stuff. I mean, he's been very consistent with it. Yes, and so I I absolutely hope that this is... This is sort of the the Juwan Jennings new leaf turned over and you take full advantage of the, the second opportunity that you've been given. And I, I mean, I hope he becomes the best linebacker, running back, whatever he ends up playing. Uh, and because I... I love seeing a second chance be given. Him getting kicked off the team is a very controversial situation. I know there are still Tennessee fans that are not really all that happy to see him come back, even though it does seem like he's such a talent and he he's hopefully... Um, kind kind of turned a corner, um, but I I hope that that's the case. I hope he he is the real deal, buckling down, making it happen, and taking advantage because he's honestly talent wise. I mean, he's an NFL guy. I think he oh, he yeah. could make it. Yeah, Barton Simmons for a uh, uh, analyst for twenty twenty four seven Sports talking about some guys this week that could maybe make the jump to the NFL in a couple of years. Some under the radar guys, and he pointed out Jeremy Banks. And he pointed out that, you know, running back wasn't really his position. You know, Banks wanted to play running back when he got to Tennessee. Pruitt wanted to let him play running back, but I think Pruitt knew that he was a linebacker. He filled in at linebacker some when Tennessee's depth was depleted in that area, but he still was kind of dead set on playing running back. He had some ball security issues, fumbled some, but he was a hard runner. You could tell by the way he played running back, like, hey, this dude wants to hit somebody. He's a linebacker. Now that he's worked his way back onto the team, Banks has kind of said, hey, I'll play wherever you want me to play. Well, you need to be a linebacker. We need linebackers. We've got running backs. You're going to be a linebacker, and that's where his future's at. I mean, Simmons talking about saying he could be an early-round draft pick playing linebacker. He has that kind of athleticism, which is huge for Tennessee. 
he's a physical freak. I uh, I hope that all of that comes to fruition because I agree with Barton Simmons. I I just think that his his physicality, his his athleticism, it's all there, and so. He I, plays with great energy too. I mean, I love watching yes, him play. Man. He's a fun kid to watch. Yes, and so please, yeah, make make it happen. Uh, and I'm I'm a believer till you give me a reason not to be. And so let's let's take advantage of the second chance. Um, but that's exciting exciting news. Still, there hasn't been, and I I'm scared to say this. There hasn't been anything negative really that's happened with. Tennessee yet besides these few coronavirus cases that apparently have popped up uh but just let's keep it that way let's uh we're close we're closing in what are we so it's August 30th I believe August has 31 days so we're 27 days from football come on baby we're so close don't blow it <laughs> uh, yeah like you like we said earlier you're so close that you know you know, inevitably, you're going to have a hiccup or two, some games canceled. You hope it's not Tennessee. I mean, you hope it don't happen at all, but you kind of accept that it's going to happen. But I feel like we've come this far with these kids practicing together that, yeah, we can we can get through this. We, we can do this. Yes. Let's make it happen. We're all in this together now more than ever in times like these. Oh, God. I, makes me hey, just the fact that. that- 25% capacity at most SEC stadiums. I know it's not what we're used to seeing, but after watching these games, baseball games and, and NBA games with no fans, even 25% fans is, I mean, that's a Vanderbilt home crowd that we get to see every Saturday. That is funny, but also 100% true. It's not even a clown really on Vanderbilt. <laughs> that is the case. Uh, sorry, Vandy, if you don't like it, have people show up to your games. Um, I think I think that's it, man. We're we're already we're yeah yeah we're, we're minute two here. So great, uh, another great edition of the Big Orange Podcast. I'm Charlie Burris. That's Zach Reagan. Any parting thoughts for the good folks here as we inch closer to football? Please let it happen. I just hope people hear this last forty minutes of this podcast, and if they do hear it, they'll understand why I'm making this comment. <laughs> Yes, please. We're going to see here in just a second. I'm going to cut off the recording and see if we get uh, screwed over for a second week uh, <laughs> in a row. But uh, I think that will be it. It'll take us out here on, on the Dirty Governors. Knoxville natives, if you don't know them, listen to their music. They're awesome, although I believe they're broken up now, unfortunately. But uh, that's it. Charlie Burris, Zach Reagan, the A to Z Sports Big Orange Podcast. Go over, subscribe on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network feed. And you'll see this show every single Monday along with uh, Austin. and Well, no, Austin and Zach's show is on the, the main A to Z sports feed. We're on the A to Z sports podcast network feed. Um, but you got Austin and Zach's show. You got Titans podcast. You got a Predators podcast. It's all the content you need uh, for the state of Tennessee. But that's it. Hope everybody has a great week. And don't do anything that's going to get college football canceled. Okay? I'm talking to all you guys out there. Don't do it. That's it. All right. We'll talk to y'all next week. See you guys later.